0: The Lord be with you. Amen. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Amen. Jesus took Peter, John and James and went up the mountain to pr- to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance and his clothes became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, A cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent And did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Bishop Conley, Monsignor Tucker, Father Zimmer, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a great joy for me to be the homilist today at our Joy and Hope Anniversary Mass. And I want to begin by thanking you, married couples of 10 years, 25 years, over 60 years, for the witness of your fidelity which is a great inspiration to me and to my brother, priests. I know. And this year, we celebrate this Joy and Hope Anniversary Mass on the second Sunday of Lent, which a dear friend of mine would say is fitting because his wife was his penance. He would introduce her. He'd say, Father, this is my penance. And when he said that, it was actually his sign of great, great admiration and fidelity. As if to say, she was the one who taught him what it means to be faithful. What it means to love without measure. And so today, it's fitting for us to reflect on fidelity and faithfulness, and what is it that allows us to be faithful, or how do we be faithful? And the transfiguration gives us a sort of road map for how it is that we become faithful. At this point in the life of our Lord, he goes up this mountain with Peter, James, and John. And he's transfigured before them. And so for Peter, James, and John, they're going up here with their friend, who they've been following, they've been listening to him preach. Peter has already confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so they seem to know who he is, and yet, when they arrive at the top of the mountain, then Jesus is transfigured before them. His glory is revealed. He appears to them with a face that's changed in appearance and his clothes became dazzling white. And Peter, James, and John were awestruck. They were filled with wonder when they saw our Lord. And that wonder sort of captivated them. So much so that Peter wants to stay there in that moment. Saying, let us build these three boots. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. In the moment of wonder, they just wanted to stay in that moment. And then this cloud comes down over them. And as the cloud comes over them, they hear the Father's voice. This is my chosen son. Listen to him. And although they had already known or confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, in that moment, those words became more real in them. The content became more real in them. And then sort of everything goes away and they go back down the mountain. And they were faithful to him. Later on, Peter would sort of waver in his fidelity as he denies our Lord. But then after the resurrection, our Lord appears to him on the Sea of Galilee and three times says to him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Feed my lambs. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Feed my sheep. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Feed my lambs. And in that moment, we can see that the wonder that Peter had experienced was renewed in his heart. And he once again became faithful. And then later at the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, These same disciples were in the upper room, probably afraid. And the Holy Spirit came upon them in tongues of fire, so that the whole building shook, and that wonder was renewed in their hearts. And I can imagine for Peter, when he got up and he preached in front of the Jews, and thousands were converted and baptized. That wonder was renewed in his heart. And so there's this pattern for fidelity. It's sort of an experience of wonder and the recognition of a promise, and then fidelity to the promise. And that has been the pattern of your lives, too. That has been the pattern of your lives, too. When you think about when you first saw your wife, and you were awestruck by her. And I ask couples, "How did you meet?" And they'll tell stories. Of, I was at a party and I saw this woman across the room, and I said, "That's the woman I'm going to marry." Because she made an impression on your heart that filled you with wonder and awe. And that wonder sort of leads to the desire in your heart to be with her or to be with him. And then you made promises to each other. And ever since then, you've been living in fidelity to that promise. And in that way, your marriages have been a model of the Christian life for all of us. To be struck by love. And then to be faithful to a promise. Because you know the love that it came from. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing story. And today as we gather on the celebration of an anniversary of your marriage, it's fitting to reflect back all of us on that moment of being struck by love. Love. Because it is that moment that keeps us faithful. My own vocation and my own priesthood has very much followed the same pattern where when I was very young, I remember being struck by wonder. And my wonder came from the fact that God sort of called my father to move from Ireland to the United States through all kinds of circumstances. My mother was married, then divorced. My father was divorced. He met some random people who were going to Michigan. He went with them. And then he met my mother and was awestruck. And I was born and then my mother died about 2 years later and i used to reflect on how our lord had put all those things in place just so that he could make me and i couldn't help but to say lord i praise you for the wonder of my being and then at other times in my life i felt very called to be a priest And I would be in awe of that calling. And then whenever struggles would come up along the road, whether it was before or after my ordination, the thing that kept me faithful was, I know that our Lord entered into my life back then. And he's doing something, and then that wonder was renewed. And the fidelity to the promise was renewed. Because it was our Lord's promise to me that helped me to be faithful. Jesus coming and dying on the cross was the fulfillment of a promise that was made back in the book of Genesis and then again to Abraham in the first reading. And that promise was irrevocable. And your promise was irrevocable. And you are all witnesses to that for your children, for your grandchildren, if they ever wonder how is it that somebody could keep a promise for so long, they only have to look to you and see that that is possible. And it's beautiful. And hopefully they become amazed at that. And so today... As we celebrate this wedding anniversary mess, I invite you all to reflect more deeply on the story of your marriage, how you fell in love, more directly on the promises that you made, on the fidelity to that promise, when your husband cared for you when you were sick, when you cared for him. Maybe you've hit bumps in the road, but yet we're faithful because of the love that first entered into your hearts. Perhaps there have been other moments of renewed wonder in your lives. And today we're not going to repeat the wedding vows that you made, Because those vows were what made you married. They're the form of a sacrament. And those vows were permanent and irrevocable. And they are renewed in your daily lives. They're meant to be renewed in your daily lives every single day. Every time you apologize to each other, you renew your wedding vows. Every time you care for each other, you renew your wedding vows. Every time you sacrifice for each other, you renew your wedding vows. And just as in baptism we don't repeat the form of the sacrament of baptism, we don't re-pour water and say, I baptize you. So for marriage, the same. We don't repeat the form of the sacrament. But we do remember everything that happened along the way. And interiorly, I invite you to renew that sense of wonder and awe in your hearts and your continued fidelity and commitment to be faithful to those vows in your daily lives. And today the bishop will extend his blessing upon you and ask the Holy Spirit to renew and strengthen the bond of love between you that irrevocable bond of love that's a sign of Christ's love for the church, that reminds all of us of Christ's love for the church, a love that is irrevocable, a love that inspires wonder in all of our hearts, and a desire to remain faithful to him as we await the ultimate fulfillment of the promise And each and every one of us is glorified as we enter into that state of glory and happiness and joy, the fulfillment of our hope in the kingdom of heaven.